Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000, ESPN app. Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah. We're sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We're live from the first Midwest Bank Studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. We're here till 10 o'clock tonight. We're open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. And also a reminder, this 15 minutes right now, the next 15 minutes, you have a chance to win two pair of tickets to the musical Miracle, which is based off and inspired by Chicago's beloved 2016 World Champion Chicago Cubs. It's at the Royal George Theater. We will give away two pairs of tickets within the next 15 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. In 15 minutes, we'll also talk about the NBA with Sean Hyken from Bleacher Report. And at 930, we'll talk with Mike Clay from ESPN about the NFL, some win totals. We'll figure out whether or not the Bears are going to go over the total of nine and a half wins next season. But guess what? Before we can even get to all that, we have the NFL draft on Thursday night, Abdallah. Ooh, it is mock draft season, Chris. The NFL draft is Thursday. There's coverage everywhere. ABC. Let's go. ESPN. Let's do it. ESPN the dose. That's two. ESPN yes, two. ESPN radio. And, of course, the ESPN app. But there's coverage all over the place. College game day crew, the regular guys with McShay and Kuiper and Trey Wingo and Lewis Riddick. Uh, the game day guys and Robin Roberts, the, that's college game day guys of Reese and Herbie and all them. They're going to be on ABC. Dari Noka has the coverage on ESPN radio. I got it all, dude. Is, I'm there, ready. is there anything else you would like to promote? You're I'm just, just promoting you. for the company I'm now. just telling you. I listen, hope someone in Bristol listen, is listening listen, to that. Listen, what I'm trying to tell you is this. Whether you're in front of a TV or you're behind the wheel and you're driving whatever 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 you're walking around you yes. get it on the app yeah you can follow the nfl draft that's all i'm saying that's I hope what i'm telling you justin craig was listening to that out in bristol i hope somebody was listening to todd it. mcshay was on with cap and company last week talking about running back depth in this year's draft because bears fans that is a major need to many of you as you take a look at this bears team heading into next season mcshay says there's lots of depth in this year's running back class this year's running back and wide receiver class are very similar and by that I mean there's just there's not a ton of talent that you love in the first round, but then you start to feel really good about the values that you can get in round two, three, and four. For example, uh, Miles Sanders from Penn State. He's not elite, but he's really good. And if you teach him how to 
pass protect a little bit. You've got a guy who's sudden, explosive, and catch the football. David Montgomery is a grinder coming out of Iowa State and a player that just he loves the game, runs with good contact balance, and, and finishes his runs. Justice Hill, he's not going to be your every down back, but throw him in a rotation. The Oklahoma State back is, is used to a spread offense and you know one cut and go, and then also can catch the ball really well. Damian Harris, we were talking about him potentially as a first-rounder coming out of Alabama. Um, Pharrell Henderson from Memphis. Bryce Love from Stanford, who's coming off the injury, and we'll see how long that takes. But there could be a value there, same as Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma, who was a second, third-round prospect coming into the year, and you may be able to get him in the fourth round because of the injury. So there's a lot of talent in this year's class at running back. That's Todd McShay on Cap and Company last week right here on ESPN 1000. The Chicago Bears heading into the draft. If you had to vote on what your biggest need for the Chicago Bears heading into the draft, would it be kicker? I think a lot of people would probably say, yeah, kicker is probably the biggest need. But you don't really address kicker in the draft, so I would put that down the list. Would it be tight ends? Do you need to improve the tight end position for the Chicago Bears? That might be there. I think most people would vote running back. The Bears need to address the running back position in this year's draft. I think for where they're drafting uh, at 87th overall in the third round, I think that that is where you're going to find the most talent. Todd McShay just mentioned all the names that uh, of the talented guys that are going, the producers that you can get there uh, in the third round. Uh, the Bears don't have a lot of picks. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to spend wisely. And one of those things people are talking about is now that we're getting closer and closer to the draft is a narrative has become, will Ryan Pace get itchy? Ah. Will he be the kid at the sleepover? Your younger, your, you and I both have younger siblings. Uh, Chris, when you had a sleepover with friends, uh-huh. did your younger sibling go, well, I want a sleepover well, too. I gotta have one too. I want a friend too. So I'm just afraid that Ryan Pace is going to be jealous of all these guys with all these picks, and he's going to want to jump up and want to want to make a pick. Now that's a great analogy that you just uh, oh, get, you. offered you. up. But uh, what what if you were the one that was the older child, but the the younger child was the cooler one having the sleepovers? Well, then you're a nerd. You played whatever you did. Yeah, I played N64. Played that's what I did. Uh, no, you make a great point because if the Bears are choosing to get a player early, they have to move up, which means moving more draft capital. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think many of us think the Bears have that luxury to do so. Adam Schefter was on Waddle and Sylvie earlier today. Will the Bears trade up in this year's draft? I, 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 listen, I'm sure they're going to be looking, but it's a tough thing to do. They, they made their move. They got their guy. you know. And so when you're left with fewer picks, I mean, you can always begin mortgaging away. Eventually you have to pay the piper, though. So I, I would think that they would be in the business here to try to add picks, not subtract them. Move back rather than move up. And we'll see whether they could do some of that here this week. Right, because they have Khalil Mack, and that's yeah, your you, franchise player. That's the person that you, you traded picks for. for. Yeah, that's and, where basically you drafted first in the first round. You drafted Khalil Mack in the first round of this draft. Smart move, great move. I would have drafted Khalil Mack too. Maybe a reach a little. I don't know. You know what I'm just saying. No, uh, <laughs> but this year they have a third round pick, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, and a seventh round pick. Right, that's all they got. Yeah. That's all they got. Next year, they don't have a first-round pick again because of Khalil Mack. They have a second-round pick, and they have the Raiders' second-round pick, which they could ultimately shop if they wanted to move up in this year's draft, right? Then they also have a fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick. My point is this, Chris. Mm -hmm. We heard from Mina Kimes last hour, right as we ended the hour, and she said, if you don't think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the guy, you're going to have to move on from him eventually, right? You're not going to trade him. You're not going to try to get a guy. What are you going to do? You're going to have to redraft a quarterback, right? 
You're not going to be one of these teams that signed the aged veteran, that signs that maybe trades for... You're not going to be the team that trades for the Josh Rosen because there might not be a Josh Rosen trade out there in three years. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a free agent. You have him on his deal. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So you have four more... You have three more years of Mitchell Trubisky to decide, right? The Bears don't have a first-round pick until 2021. And I'm looking at all these mock drafts as it is mock draft season, whether it's ESPN's, it's Kuiper, McShay. If I go to NFL.com, if I go to CBS or Yahoo, whatever it is, at least four quarterbacks are going in this year's first round. There are not a lot of good quarterbacks out there. Once you draft the first maybe top two guys, the floor falls out. And then you're just getting guys that maybe, uh, you're just getting, maybe you might be getting another Trubisky. That's what you might be getting. So my point is this. Ryan Pace can't afford to move up. He can't just keep robbing Peter to pay Paul. He can't keep paying for a hamburger, eating a hamburger today that he's going to pay for next week. He can't keep doing that. So what he's going to have to do is just stand pat. And draft with what he's got. Can can I pause the show for pause a second? The uh, show. Uh, Eric Ostrowski and Felix Reyes are producing the show. Pause do you have, the show. Do you have any idea what it means to eat a hamburger today Whippy. and Whippy. then to Whippy. do not pay for it until next Whippy. week? Wimpy, can I trouble you for a hamburger today? It'll pay you tomorrow. Uh, gentlemen, uh, you guys know what Wimpy is. Come on. <laughs> You never watch cartoons? Peter, by the way, too. Huh? Just throwing random names out there. Okay, Peter I to pay the... Paul? It's, it's, it was Easter yesterday, homeboy. I, I, you, I know on, the man. wimpy what is character, <laughs> but yeah. the reference I'm not following. Google now. it. Oh you God. got computers. You got four computers in front of you right I do, now. pretty much, yeah. Google it. You got a phone, too. It's a mini computer. Just if you've Google sat it. through this, you have now qualified to win a pair of tickets. <laughs> To see Miracle, the musical. Uh, callers 5 and 10 at 312-332-3776. Callers 5 and 10, you get a pair of tickets to see the musical inspired by the Chicago Cubs, the champions of the 2016 World Series, the Chicago Cubs, and that will be at the Royal George Theater. For tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com or call 312-988-9000. Callers 5 and 10, get a pair of tickets to Miracle, the musical. My point is this, Chris. In 2021, we're going to know what Mitchell Trubisky is. We may not know what he is right now. We may not know what he fully is at the end of 2019. But by 2021, we better damn sure know what Mitchell Trubisky is. Because why? You might have to use that first round pick on a quarterback. Well, and that's why this conversation's fascinating. If you take a look at the Chicago Bears and draft needs heading into Thursday, it's because they don't really have any needs. They are that good of a football team heading into next season that the problem is you don't have needs. And you're like, Hold up. What do you mean that having no needs is a problem? It's because then you get tricky. Mm -hmm. You think that you have everything sewed up. You think that you have everything set for the future. Mm -hmm. And now you start getting after guys that are not as necessary. Tight end, running back kickers are your needs. Now, if you start drafting based on that, you're going to hurt yourself in the future because the small roster tinkering does not help fixing holes in the future. What you need is is to be able to continue to draft on the defensive line, continue to draft corners, continue to get wide receivers who are game changers, edge rushers who can get to the quarterback. A running back should never be your top need. No matter who you are in the NFL, that should never be your top need, and that's why it's a concern to me. If that's your top need heading into this year's draft, that's a problem because you are too good under the context of needs. Mm -hmm. right? If you're smart, continue drafting on the defensive line. Continue 
replenishing what you have with the Bears defense to make sure that defense stays great. Yeah, because then when you have to add an, another quarterback, let's say Trubisky doesn't pan out and you draft another quarterback. The defense is already, the already defense great. Is already you can have there. a rookie quarterback, you, can, you do it again. Exactly. You can get you can get Khalil Mack again if you want to. See, look, here's Wimpy. I'd glad you pay you two I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. This is from Popeye. Listen, man, I grew up overseas. I didn't have Thundercats. Here. I didn't have all the crazy new fan dangled. We had, I had like three cartoons. <laughs> Alright? I had like <laughs> I had like three cartoons and one of them was Popeye. What? And so I had Popeye. I had oh, Bugs man. Bunny and I had Popeye. Are you okay? I had only the never mind, I'm not gonna say that. I didn't have Thundercats. Yeah. Well I didn't have I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles? What about Ghostbusters? I didn't get Ghostbusters until I came back, man. Alright, well. That's the reason you came back. It is. It is the only reason I can came we, back. Can we get back to talking no, bears? Wimpy. I'm, people don't know who Wimpy is. Well, can, can, we, can we talk some bears? Is I bet that okay Fred, with you? I bet Fred knows who I'm Wimpy sure he is. does. Yes. <laughs> Chris Black, Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I, I think it's just something to think about in the back of your mind. This team is so good going into next season. Yeah. The needs are not that important. So I would like to see them use that third round draft pick, the draft capital that Ryan Pace does have. To build defensively, to build in places where are ne- you don't have needs now, but the reason you don't have it is because these players haven't gotten old, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice to get a stud linebacker to plug in when Trevathan gets a little bit older? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, that's the goal. Hey, what team would complain about having too many pass rushers on the edge? Not my right? team. Leonard Floyd, uh, is he doing it for you? Yeah, he's okay. Dude, could the Bears use another stud wide receiver? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so absolutely. Let, let, let's concern ourselves with that, and then always the offensive line. But here's you always want to keep that in mind. As and well. here's the other point to this: is why you shouldn't trade up. Why you should be using that capital and getting as many guys as possible. The Bears were one of the healthiest teams last season. The Bears got very lucky when it came to injury. They were on the wrong side of the injury pendulum during the John Fox era, and last year it finally swung in their favor. Whether it was a new regime, whether whatever it was, it didn't matter. The point was that they finally got lucky. They didn't lose any. They didn't lose any key guys long term they lost Cleo Mack for a couple games Trubisky for a couple games whatever but ultimately it may swing the other way and you need depth so you need to use all these draft picks if anything like we heard Adam Schefter say earlier get more draft picks get more of them acquire them like jewels or Pokemon or something whatever the kids listen to that's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll continue talking football in 15 minutes. We'll hear from Mike Clay. We'll go over the win totals in the NFL. Will the Bears go over the number of nine and a half? That's where the win total in Vegas is at the moment. Can the Bears get over that this season or will there be a decline? We'll talk to Mike Clay at the bottom of the hour. We're now joined by Sean Hyken from Bleacher Report. He's an NBA writer and you can follow him on Twitter at Hyken. Uh, Sean, it's Chris Buck and Adam Abdallah. What's going on tonight? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? We're fired up. The NBA playoffs have been exciting, and the series that I think everyone has had their eyes on is the Blazers and the Thunder, and really the Oklahoma City Thunder, the questions around that team, whether or not if they get bounced in the first round, where do they go from here? Well, I'm not really sure where they do go because this is just kind of they're in the situation where this is just kind of the team they have. They have so much money basically tied up into in three players, you know, in, in uh, Russell Westbrook, who's obviously the face of the franchise and is you know probably going to be there his whole career, and then Paul George, who they just re-upped uh, over the summer when everybody kind of thought he was going to go to the Lakers, and then Stephen Adams, who is probably the most tradable piece that they have, but 
you know, if, if you trade him, are you really going to get back somebody who's as good? So I, I really don't know what they do. I think this is just kind of a team that they have. And who knows whether that's going to be, uh, you know, enough going forward. As someone who's been in locker rooms and covered teams for a while, what are your thoughts on what Russell Westbrook is doing in his press conferences? I don't love it. <laughs> you know, I, have to, I have to, I mean, you know, some of that might be kind of selfish. You know, as, as, as a reporter, you want guys to be uh, cooperative, but, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know the entire history between him and uh, Barry Trammell, but from everything I can tell, I don't think Barry has ever really written anything uh, particularly objectionable about him. I would. I would understand it if it was like some personal thing where you know Barry had written something that was you know personal or crossed the line or, or or you know painted him in a bad light unfairly. I don't think that's really been the case, and I think he might just be the guy that Russ decided I'm going to make an example out of this guy and not answer this guy's question and send a message to every other reporter that, uh, you know, I, I don't have to answer your questions if you don't want to. And obviously, I mean, it's his right to do that, I guess. I mean, you, they, they really, the rule is that players have to be available. The rule isn't that the player has to answer these questions in a certain way or in a certain amount of detail. But the way that Russ does it, I've never seen a player, you know, particularly a star as big as Russ, you know, act the way that he does. Sean Hyken on the phone with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So the individual matchup of Dame Lillard and Russell Westbrook has been uh, fascinating to watch because I, I think Russ is taking this way more personally than Dame is. And Dame is just doing the right thing, playing well, but also playing within the team to make sure his team moves on to the next round. Yeah, I think they kind of both are taking it pretty personally, but I think they just, you know, based on, you know, what their personalities are, and I wrote a piece about this on Bleacher Report after uh, the second game in Portland, I think they just kind of have different ways of manifesting, you know, how they take it, how they take this stuff personally. Because, I mean, for both of them, I mean, with Russ, you know, ever since Kevin Durant left and then he had that crazy, you know, MVP season the year after that, you know, the, the, the book on him has been, you know, he he, put, he basically spends too much time chasing triple doubles, and uh, he and and, and and you know it's, he's not a winning player. You can't build a championship team around him. And with Dame, you know, he hasn't. Maybe it's just because he plays in a small market like Portland. He doesn't get the kind of recognition uh, nationally that maybe he thinks that he should get based on his talent level. And you know, he sees a guy like Russell Westbrook where he feels like I'm better than this guy and you know, this guy is the one that you know gets more all star and all NBA like more more of the like, M V P buzz, you know, than I than I than I do. Like it, it, I think they both kinda of have reasons to take it personally, but just the way that both of them are wired, the way that they kinda of react to this stuff, Russ just kind of can't help himself and plays out of control a lot of the time when he is taking something personally, whereas Dane's way of responding to it. I mean, he has that same chip on the shoulder that Russ does, but the way that it manifests with him is he just kind of is a little bit more even-keeled in terms of, you know, just the way he carries himself on a day-to-day basis when something like that's going on. Assuming the Trailblazers move on to the next round, who do you think matches uh, is a better matchup for them, the Nuggets or the Spurs? Uh, I would have to say San Antonio is probably the more favorable matchup just because I think they don't have the talent level that Denver does. But at the same time, I mean, I would think that the Blazers would have a decent shot against either one of those teams, but I would, I would probably like their chances better against San Antonio. When you take a look at uh, the Blazers overall, how important is C.J. McCollum to the way this team plays and how they can uh, advance to the next round? He's been pretty important, and I mean, as you know, you you've seen uh, you know, the the way that they've looked. I mean, in, the, in that in that first game, uh, you know, C.J. looked like he wasn't fully back from that knee injury in terms of it. He was missing a lot of really really you know easy shots at the rim, and you know they managed to win that game. You know, they had that huge first quarter, but then after that, they kind of you know 
Oklahoma City kind of played them even after that. And you were kind of seeing, okay, they left some points on the table because CJ wasn't able to finish the way he was. But just having a second scorer like that who he's obviously not what Dame is, but he's, you know, 85% of what Dame is in a scorer. And just having a second guy like that so that uh, Oklahoma City's defense, which is limited as it is with Paul George uh, being in the shape that he's in, uh, having a second guy that you really have to respect from out there and the, in the, really the threat to go off for 20, 25 points, that's been huge for them. What does it say about Damian Lillard's career if they can get to a Western Conference Finals? As he, you know, has, I mean, obviously they're probably going to end up playing the Warriors and ultimately losing to the Warriors, everybody assumes, but what does it say for his career in, in, uh, Portland? It would be huge if he was able to lead them to the Conference Finals. Because, uh, I mean, if you, if, you, if you think about it, they, they, you know, they've made the playoffs six, the last six years in a row, basically six of, six of the seven years he's been in the league. Uh, they won. They've, they've gotten out of the first round twice. One of them in 2016 was against the Clippers where you know, they were down 2-0 in that series. And then Chris Paul and Blake Griffin both got injured. And basically, J.J. Redick was playing on one foot in that series. So basically, they won that series because all of the Clippers' best players were injured. The one thing where you can look at with Dame and say, okay, he's got this signature playoff moment was obviously that shot that he hit in 2014 against Houston, the buzzer beater to win them that series in Game 6. Uh, and so since then, it's been a lot of, you know, first round exits where, you know, some of them are understandable. Like, okay, they get swept, they get swept by the Warriors in 2017. Okay, fine. Nobody was beating the Warriors. The one last year where they get swept by New Orleans, that team, the Blazers still feel to this day, I think, that new, they were better than New Orleans. They shouldn't have lost to New Orleans and they certainly shouldn't have gotten swept. So I think already they kind of feel like, you know, with, with the way this Oklahoma City series is going, they, uh, they feel, you know, they feel like, okay, maybe they're getting a little bit of vindication. But the other thing is like, because of a the market that they're in, which is you know not one of like the big time markets, and also just because this team is a very good but not great team every year, uh, there is always you know this talk of oh can they win with this group or you know do they need to trade CJ or does Dane need to think about wanting to leave for a bigger market or all this stuff? If they can get to the conference finals, I think that would be pretty validating just for what they're able to do in Portland with this group that they have. Absolutely, Sean Hyken from Bleacher Report, NBA writer, joining Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. Sean, you make a great point because you take a look at the way Portland is as a market and the fact that Dame wants to be there and wants to win in Portland. Isn't that a huge win for the NBA overall that this is a star, a bona fide star who has his own shoe deal, who is a big name, who performs on a high level each and every year. His team is pretty good each and every year, and he wants to stay in that small market. Isn't that a win for the league overall? It certainly is because I don't think the NBA. I mean, for as much, for as much as you know, certainly you know, LeBron being on the Lakers, you can say, okay, that's great for ratings. It's better, you know, that he's on the Lakers than if he's in Cleveland. I don't think the NBA loves the optics of these guys. You know, Anthony Davis trying to basically force his way to LA, or these guys in small markets constantly trying to maneuver themselves to get to New York or get to wherever they're going to go. I'm sure you know, the, you know, Adam Silver wants to talk about competitive balance. I'm sure he he loves it that. A guy like Damian Lillard is willing to say, you know, and and, and, for, and just you know, just to be clear, we don't know a hundred percent that that's what's going to happen. But all the right. all the intel that's out there suggests that on July first, the Blazers are going to offer Dame that supermax that that, that four year extension, and he's going to sign it. Like, it, and I would at this point, I would be surprised if it doesn't go that way. But yeah, it, it is huge, and I think on Dame's end, he's kind of seen the backlash that some of those guys have. Undergone. I mean, you you saw, you know, he he saw, you know, Kevin Durant had gotten crushed for going to the Warriors, and you saw that kind of Anthony Davis's image took a hit with the way he handled his whole trade demand thing. I mean, it, uh, they may feel like, okay, you know, I could force my way to L.A. or to you know Golden State, or wherever. It's no guarantee that I win a championship if I do that. 
And But then even if I don't win a championship, maybe there's something to be said for being John Stockton in Utah or being Reggie Miller in Indiana and just being untouchable in one city and being the best guy to ever play in this one city and being the guy that stayed there his whole career. I think he maybe feels like that's going to be better for his legacy long term. Sean, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it tonight. Yeah, good to talk to you guys. Sean Hyken from Bleacher Report covers the NBA. You can follow him on Twitter at Hyken. And Abdallah, I'd also like to say congratulations to Peter and Lombard, Jeremy in Chicago, and Thaddeus in Cherville. All three of them won a pair of tickets to see Miracle, the musical, inspired by the Chicago Cubs in their run in the 2016 World Series champions. Uh, it, the musical will be at the Royal George Theater. All three of those gentlemen all won a pair of tickets, and they will be going to see Miracle, the musical. So congratulations to those guys. Thank you for listening to the show. I wonder what, from what perspective the musical is. Like, I don't, I haven't really, I haven't looked up anything about the musical. It's from the GOAT. No, well, that's what I, I want to know. Is it like I'm the kidding, fans' perspective? Or is there a Bryant? Is there a Schwarber? Like, I want to know about this. I want to know about this musical to see who's, who's playing Javi Baez. That's what I want to know. Miracle tells the story of a typical working-class Chicago family and there what it go. means to have faith, to lose it, and to try to regain okay. it again. There you go. So it's about yeah. a family. The production chronicles the Chicago Cubs' struggle to win the pennant, okay. as well as uh, life with the close-knit family. Um, like, they have does a the bar gram- that's uh, having issues staying open near Wrigley oh, Field. Okay, okay, okay. This seems like a tearjerker okay. there, right. Dallas. So, I, I, hey, I think listen, it looks really good. Listen, I just wanted to know if the grandpa from Up was going to be playing Joe Madden. Okay, well, that's that, all I wanted. To that's know. actually a perfect casting uh, deal you just did there for a animated cartoon to play Joe Madden. And uh, the the first ten to fifteen minutes of Up is the saddest thing I've ever seen. Oh, in my if life. you don't, if you don't listen. If you don't it, cry it, it at the is beginning the of Up, do you even have a soul? Are you a human? I've are you, ever seen in are my you life. a robot? Are you, you a robot person? You are a bot. Uh, if you don't cry in the first fifteen minutes of Up, I mean, for I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. We'll that talk to Mike Clay about the NFL uh, win totals coming up next. Blucking up doll. I mean, seriously, when you watch Up, how Ooh. do you not cry at the start of the? Mo- okay, all right, we'll we'll be back with football. Sorry, brother. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Think about up under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. We're singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. We'll be back later on this week. We're in the first Midwest Bank Studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. We're here till 10 o'clock, and now we get to talk some football with Mike Clay from ESPN. He's fancy football. He does projections. He does all the NFL content at ESPN.com. You can find out all of his work and projecting out all the schedules for next season in the NFL, including the Chicago Bears. And that's where we started the conversation yesterday because the Bears are set at win total number for nine and a half this season. Whether or not the Bears can win over nine and a half games, that's the number set in Vegas. Mike Clay joined the show yesterday, and he talked about that. And that's where we started. Can the Bears go over nine and a half? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close, actually. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I think I lean a little toward the under, maybe, but I'm right at nine and a half. So, so it's a close call for sure. Um, you know, I think this is a team that obviously is loaded on the defensive side of the ball, just like, last season and and yeah i mean they lost amos they lost callahan for sure 
Uh, but they bring in Clinton Dix. They bring in Buster Screen, who's you know can can hold down the fort in the slot. And of course, we know the front seven there is fantastic. So I think the defense is the best in the NFL on paper. You'll like that. Obviously, that gives them a great opportunity to make a run uh, there in the NFC again. Guys, my question is really just uh, you know a the schedule. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little on the tougher side of the league. B, I think the Packers are going to be much better. You also have Minnesota. You have a, a Lions team that got a little bit better on paper this offseason. That's going to be tough. And the biggest question for me is just how good Mitch Trubisky is. You know, he put up some counting stats last season, but he struggled with accuracy. He's been in the top seven in the league and off-target rate each of his past, each of his first two seasons. He had a, a rough interception rate last year, one of the worst in the NFL. So uh, still a little concerned about him. But, hey, if he takes the year three leap, I think that's going to make uh, that's going to make for huge things for the Chicago Bears franchise. That's one of the craziest things for us here in Chicago is that the biggest question for the Bears is the biggest question on any football team. Like, you have to have the really good quarterback. How much does Mitchell Trubisky go into his factor of kind of the unknown go into your projecting their win total? Uh, it's definitely a factor for sure, and it causes me to limit the offenses, uh, the, the prognostications behind the offense for sure in terms of expected scoring, right? If you have a better quarterback, you kind of uh, can project more scoring, and that helps boost that win total. Uh, so for me, and by the way, I mean, projections, I think most would agree that do this, you know, you're going to lean a little bit t- more towards the offense, right? It's more important to be better on offense than it is defense. You just see that if you if you study scoring and, and uh, efficiency in league history. So. Uh, that hurts them a little bit, but again, when you're that good on the defensive side of the ball, you're still going to be one of the favorites to get into the playoffs, and and certainly in their case to win their division. So uh, that helps them out, as does having a good offensive line, as does ha- having a good group of skill guys around them. I mean, I just heard you guys talking about the tight ends, but I mean, look at the other tight ends across the NFL. Having Burton and, and the, the pedigree that comes with Shaheen as he enters his third year, almost his second year, right, because he missed so much of last year. You know, it's a pretty good group. They have a good pass catcher there and potentially a good blocker. They have a, a trio that they like, a wide receiver, including Miller, who could take a step forward. You bring in Patterson to make some plays. Um, and, and, again, I, I also agree you wait at running back. So if they address that in the middle rounds, uh, I think they're a pretty good chief. So, so they have the court around him. It's just a matter of him taking that leap forward. For now, though, I have to hedge a little bit. I have to limit expectations with the offense until we see more from Mitch Trubisky. Mike Clay from ESPN joining Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So we saw the Chicago Bears last year. A lot of the defensive uh, highlights were interceptions, fumble recoveries, things that you can't necessarily guarantee from year to year, the turnover margin. What do the projections say about the Bears' defense heading into this season when, when turnovers were such a positive for this group last season? Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. It's really hard to rely on that kind of thing. But at the same time, when you see so much talent on paper, like we did with Chicago coming in the last season, like we did with Jacksonville two seasons ago, you can project big numbers because the talent is there, right? I mean, like it, it wasn't really hard to see Chicago making that leap. It wasn't hard to see Jacksonville making the leap because just the raw talent was there from, from and really in the starting 11, if not the starting 12, if you will, uh, on, on that side of the field. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, I think this is a defense that has a great opportunity to be best in the NFL in terms of points allowed. And with that, will come will come uh, rushing rushes on the quarterback. Will come sacks. Will come uh, the creation of turnovers, whether it's forced fumbles or interceptions. So uh, you know, you, you when you're again when you're projecting this kind of stuff, you have to be conservative. Conservative, so you'll see that I have them with 14 interceptions. I have them with 43 sacks. 
this season. Both of those uh, are going to be down from last season. But again, they're still going to be among the top guys, the top teams in the NFL. If you go to ESPN.com in the chalk section, Mike Clay goes through every team in their over-under projection. You have the Packers at nine and a half or 9.3 that they go over their win total of nine. So how do you see them shaking out in the division with the Bears and the Vikings and the uh, Lions? Yeah, I, I do like the Packers. I, I think on paper they're in pretty pretty darn good shape right now. Obviously, being good at quarterback is a, is a huge piece of this, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, so I think Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best in the business, even if he's taken a little bit of a step back. Uh, but, you know, you look at, at the recent history of the Packers, and, you know, last year they had a lot of injuries and inefficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. The year before Aaron Rodgers was hurt, missed most of the season. Before that, they had won uh, at least 10 games, seven of the previous eight seasons. So, you know, they, this is a team that's had a lot of success. A couple of things have gone uh, the wrong direction the past few seasons. And, of course, they made some big additions, including Amos and a, and a pair of edge rushers to that defense. But a good O-line, you have Rodgers. Some questions at wide receiver, uh, for sure. But I think the defense is going to be better. They also have a very young secondary. They put a lot of... Uh, a lot of draft resources into in recent seasons. If those guys, like a Jarrah Alexander, a Kevin King, Josh Jackson, if they take a step forward, that could be huge for that Packers defense. So, uh, again, I do think they're going to be a lot more competitive this year than they were last season. Mike Clay from ESPN joining Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So, Mike, each year there are playoff teams that stumble and don't make the playoffs the following year. There are teams that jump up from the bottom and make the playoffs from last to first each and every year in the National Football League. Is there a team that made the playoffs last year that your projections uh, are suggesting that they will not make the playoffs this year and it's a bit surprising? Is there anyone out there that you think will take a big step back this next season? Uh, yeah, I think the team, I, I think there's probably two in one in each conference. I would start with the Ravens in the AFC. They won that division, of course, but now all attention is on the Browns, and, and rightfully so. They're a lot better on paper. Uh, the Steelers, I think their demise has been exaggerated, so they're, I think uh, they'll be competitive. I actually have them taking one of the wild cards right now. Uh, but the Ravens, I mean, they lost a lot. You're looking at, if you look at the top snap getters on the defense, defensive side of the ball for them, I believe it's number one, number two, number five, and number seven off the top of my head. So four of their top seven snap getters are gone, and there's some very talented players. Uh, so I think the D takes a step back, and the offense was one of the worst in the NFL in terms of scoring points when Lamar Jackson took over. He obviously has had struggles with accuracy. Uh, so I, I definitely have concerns about the Ravens. And then in the NFC, I would say Seattle. You know, I had some big concerns about them last year, and essentially my thought process coming into the season was, look, this is a bottom-10 team in the NFL on paper, but they have an elite quarterback. So if Russell Wilson comes out, plays stellar football, you know, they, they can they, that he's going to bail them out. Uh, and he did. That's what we saw. We saw an unbelievably efficient season that's not sustainable, frankly. I don't care who you are. Uh, much, like the, much like the Chiefs offense, they're scoring last year. It's not realistic to expect that again. So uh, I think that takes a bit of a step back. They also lost some roster talent. They're talking about trading Frank Clark right now, which is one of their top five players on, a, again, a, a kind of a barren roster as you get deeper into it. So uh, I think the Seahawks fall out, and I think the Ravens fall out as well. So who replaces those teams? Because you mentioned the Browns replaced the Ravens. Who would replace the Seahawks for you? Uh, who would be that team that makes the playoffs that didn't make it last year? Uh, it, that would be the Packers for me. I, I think the Packers are the team that leap in for a wild card. Actually, if Dallas taking a wild card, too, I think the Eagles will be better and, and take uh, – that division title. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I told Chicago is the favorite in that division, but I think the Packers are competitive enough to jump back into a wild card. And, and they, hey, guys, they, they could take the division, too, uh, if a couple things go their direction. That's always a, a part of it is injury luck and 
you know, get hitting on a few players in the draft, which is, let's be honest, is there's a there's a definitely a luck element to it, a large luck element to the draft, especially getting guys to come out and be contributors right out of the gate. So if, if you know, if Green Bay has that go their way, they can really make a run. Chris Buck and Adam Abdallah talking with Mike Clay for one more minute right here on ESPN 1000. So the one team we haven't talked about, the Minnesota Vikings in the division, uh, obviously you, you mentioned the Bears and the Packers getting to the playoffs. So if the Vikings can't get there, is it more to do with just Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, or is there something we're missing here? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. They're kind of uh, similar to Chicago in that regard, right? You know you're going to get good defensive play. They're good on paper. Not as good as Chicago, but they're still very talented on that side of the ball. Um, they have a worse O-line, which is definitely the biggest red flag for me. And, and again, not an issue the Bears have. The, the Vikings O-line just has not improved, and they have some major concern areas there. So I would say that. And then, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins is a safe quarterback. He's obviously expensive. He, you know, he'll... He'll complete a high rate of his passes. We saw that last year, 70% mark. But he's extremely conservative, and we saw it limit that offense last year. The O-line combined with that conservative play limited them from scoring points. And, in fact, you know, guys, I was just kind of scanning across Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, and I noticed that if you compare their 2017 to their 2018, you see a substantial drop in the percentage of their targets that were uh, – uh, well, I should say a larger share that were short of the six, right? It was just conservative, and that, that's not really a way to generate a lot of first downs and big plays. So I know uh, Diggs and Thielen have big seasons, but a lot of their work was in the short area, and I think that really limited their scoring opportunity. So you add that, some, you know, some, maybe some shaky quarterback play to a really weak offensive line and also a pretty tough division. Again, Detroit's a little better, Green Bay's better, and the Bears are still pretty darn good. I think it's going to be a tough road for them to get in. But, again, I, I still think they're in that 8-9 to nine win territory. So, uh, again, you get a bounce to go your way, and you can jump in. The team that holds the greatest asset this week is the Arizona Cardinals with the number one pick. If they decide to draft Kyler Murray, how much does that change your outlook on them? You have them going over uh, the five wins right now. Yeah, I already like them over, so uh, I'll, I'll stick with that, uh, mostly because of the defense. I, I like their defense a lot. I think they're, that's going to be something – I think that's something that's underrated right now that, that most people aren't looking at. But um, in terms of changing the projected win total, which is uh, – I have them at 5.7 right now, it won't go much. It, it may be a little bit because I do like Murray a lot, but he's a rookie, guys. I mean, half of the players picked in the first round are going to be busts. We don't, we don't know who, but half of them are going to be busts, and, and Murray could be one of them. So I do like him a lot as a prospect. I – yeah, you know, much like Baker Mayfield last year, very efficient at college. Also, Murray adds a lot with his legs, which will help. But there's a lot of unknowns here, right? A lot of turnover. Uh, you know, especially with the coaching staff, it's going to be a brand new quarterback who could be good, who who's probably not going to be a, a terrific passer as a rookie, just because there's you know league history says uh, rookie quarterbacks aren't are, are going to be you know probably below average for the most part. So. Um, it's a, it's a tricky one to navigate for sure. We have a rookie quarterback, a rookie coach, and some turnover. Uh, it's a tough team to predict for sure. I do think Arizona will be one of the bottom teams in the NFL just because they have a lot to work to do with their roster construction. But, you know, at the same time, that defense looks pretty good to me. So if I could jump on that over, I'm going to do it. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. All right. Anytime, guys. Have a great day. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Thank you to Felix Reyes and Eric Ostrowski for producing tonight's show. Thanks to Mike Golick Jr. for joining us. Josh Lewenberg from TSN. Sean Hyken and Mike Clay. 
the guest list for tonight's show. Abdallah, we have, uh, as we've been doing the show here on ESPN 1000, we've been watching the Milwaukee Bucks and the Detroit Pistons. The Bucks have now swept out the Pistons. They win tonight 127 to 104. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 41 points, 9 rebounds, 32 minutes played for probably the MVP as the Bucks move on to the next round. Clean sweep of the Pistons. Yeah, and you have to wonder if we, we talked a lot of Raptors earlier with Josh Lewenberg. We talked a lot of Trailblazers uh, with Sean Hyken. You have to wonder if the team with the best player in the NBA right now is the best team left in the playoffs, in the East at least. Are the Milwaukee Bucks the best team in the East? Or is it a team like Boston? Is it a team like the 76ers? Uh, is it a team like the the Raptors that have Kawhi Leonard, that have C.J. McCollum? So it's going to be interesting to see. These guys are now going to get a lot of rest because they're done. They're, so that always helps. But ultimately, I don't know if they're the best team just because they have the best player. If you look at the Detroit Pistons, they go 41-41. and 41, They get swept out by the Bucks. That's a team that the Bulls should have been this season. This season was a lost year for Chicago Bulls basketball. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why the Bulls this season should not have been in contention for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. This Pistons team is not good. 41 and 41. They they barely put up a fight here in the first round against the Bucks. Mm -hmm. The Bulls should have been there. And I get it. Don't don't call in and say injuries. Injuries are why they're not there. But they Listen, had, they there's more injury. than that. They have a lot of injuries. They should have developed more. They, should, they, they had, should have at least been around 500. They should have been competing with teams like the Pistons, the Hornets, the Magic. Those teams that snuck into the playoffs and the teams that barely... But Chris, uh, when they were healthy, they the won playoffs. all those games. Well, they actually didn't. Oh, and, that, oh, and that's did. the problem. Oh, they didn't. And that's, no, that's the problem. Right. When they right. had a healthy lineup, they weren't winning basketball games. So as you're uh, sitting here watching the NBA playoffs... As a Bulls fan here in the city of Chicago, just keep that in the back of your mind. They have a young core. They have the players for the future because they've spent their cap space, basically. Yeah. They have about $20 million in cap space. Hopefully they can get a point guard, a backup point guard, and maybe an extra shooter or two uh, this offseason. But you're not going to get a star. You're not adding a star to this lineup going forward. So just continue to watch these teams like Utah, like the Pistons and others, and say, man, how are the Bulls going to get past that just right, because here, like, here's don't how. don't watch the Rockets and the Warriors and, and no. the Bucks and say how can they beat them? Because I don't think that's on the on the table in the next couple of years unless you land Zion. Just cross everything, cross all your fingers, cross all your toes, and cross your eyes, and hope they get Zion Williamson. Because that's basically it. If I cross my eyes, I'm not going to be able to see or walk straight. That's on you, man. Figure it out. I can't really figure that out. I don't understand how you do that. Fine. Don't cross your eyes. Cross everything else, but don't cross your eyes. You happy? You got to figure out what Wimpy is. But, but stop going back to the cartoon hamburger guy. I'll pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Black and Abdallah. We'll talk to you later. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. <laughs>